Welcome to Made in Science, the official podcast of the University of Stuttgart. My name is Wolfgang Holtkamp and I'm Senior Advisor on International Affairs and your host for this podcast. In today's episode, we welcome Dr. Brighton Austin Chunga. His academic career started at the University of Malawi with a Bachelor of Science degree in Irrigation Engineering. Afterwards, working for the Malawi Ministry of Water Development and Irrigation, he realized that further education could help him to solve water-related challenges in his home country. Thus, he came to the University of Stuttgart with a scholarship to acquire his master's degree in Warem, short for Water Resources Engineering and Management. With another scholarship, he had the opportunity to pursue his PhD in Water Resources Management at Cranfield University in the UK. Ever since, he has worked as postdoctoral researcher and lecturer both at Stellenbosch University in South Africa and Mzuzu University in Malawi to help improve water management in Africa. Today, I want to talk with him about some of the challenges in water management, the sustainability of support by NGOs, the role of governments in water policy, and much more. Hello, Brighton. Thank you so much, uh, Wolfgang, for this nice welcome. And it's always nice to be back to uh, Stuttgart after actually 11 years. I can look back. It was last that we officially was at the uh, Stuttgart University since 2011. And uh, yeah, it's been great to uh, to be with you here. And uh, uh, I look forward to chatting with you about water and uh, my journey into the field. Thank you. You're very welcome. We just heard about your life and learned that How can I say it? That water runs all the way through it. Please let me ask you, what water meant to you before you started studying it compared to now? Well, I mean, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a nice question. And um, um, at first, I think before I started uh, uh, starting water, I had, uh, you know, an ambition to uh, to do uh, um, accounting and all that. And, and I remember very well my my secondary school teachers like, oh, you're very good at mathematics. So you could actually do, uh, you could be an accountant or something like that. But uh, obviously, I, uh, I was mesmerized by irrigation engineering. And, uh, and that time, actually, irrigation engineering was a quite very new in Malawi. And I realized that uh, irrigation, at, at, at that time when I was in secondary school, I didn't know that irrigation engineering involves water. But until I started working, I mean, I, still st I started studying uh, uh, irrigation engineering, I realized, wow, so this is something is involving water. And uh, ever since, I think the, the uh, Uh, the interest has gone so much and it has gone from irrigation and it goes now to water supply management and also to catchment management. So it's, it's, it has been a very uh, interesting journey, starting from very small with uh, 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 having an idea of studying water. But the moment I started start, I mean, studying irrigation engineering, then the whole thing just came out. And also basically with the study in water resources engineering at Stuttgart, that opened the whole lot of interest in me. And then I said, while I want to pursue water resources. So it's been very, very nice. In your studies and in your work, what surprised you most about water? 
Great. So what really surprised me about water uh, is actually the idea that water is free. The idea that water is free so that it's given on, you know, uh, everyone should have it. But what is really surprising is how much, you know, uh, uh, how much maybe governments, they, they, they take, um, uh, how much investment is required to get water from where it is to where a person is. You know, it involves money and it involves that. But if you can see that, uh, if, you, if you think about water as a human right to say water, one, one should have water for free. And then the idea of taking water from where it is to where a person is, that's really fascinating. And in fact, until today, we still have that challenge where people would think, well, water is com completely free. But if you're looking at where it, it is and you take it to where a, a person is, this is quite fascinating and that's quite really uh, a surprise because I thought like everyone should know but yeah it's quite surprising and, uh, and also uh, that water is very very important in everything that we do. Let us focus on that a little more. Uh, you have dedicated your life to water management. Why is water management in the context that you just described such a problematic issue? Thank you so much. That's 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 really, in fact, that's my even my interest right away now is is really looking at the water management. So over a long time, so there is the, we we need to be very careful here because we're talking about the global south and then the global north. So the way you might actually look at it, it might be very different. But the way we, uh, the global no, uh, south might look at it might be very different. So we're looking at um, our our case, for example, there might be economical water hardships. In other ways, having distributional uh, challenges infrastructure to get water to where it is and now if you've got a mentality of people who think to say water is free and therefore it has to be offered for free it means that uh, you need more uh, investment from the from the government side to make sure that water is distributed so at a very low price of course because uh, uh, maybe people are poor or whatsoever but it is very, very important also as we look at uh, water provision, but how we take care of water is also very, very key. And therefore, um, the thinking that water is free and it is freely given, sometimes uh, 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 communities or people, they do not care about water resources. So I'm talking about issues to, uh, to do with uh, uh, if they are living closer to catchments, do they uh, take care of about water resources? Do they uh, do they uh, do you know catchment degradation? There are a lot of catchment degradation uh, that is happening in 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 the global south. You talk of deforestation and all that. So it's so it's, it's the the whole idea that if you think that water is is important, is very very key, and therefore it's just not freely given, and therefore everyone will be able now to start managing water resources. So everyone has a role to play in water resources. Brighton, there are many NGOs supporting local water projects uh, on the African continent. From your experience, how sustainable are such projects and what does it need to make them perhaps even more sustainable? 
Thank you so much. Uh, that, that's an interesting question because I had that um, uh, uh, encounter during my uh, my PhD research because my PhD research was looking at how do we involve, um, it was more of catchment hydrology, but also looking at the management of it from the uh, local perspective, a local community perspective. So I realized that there are a number of organizations in Africa who are involved in water resources management and development, and that's, that's very, very good because uh, water resources provision, as I've said already, it's, it's, it's a problem uh, in rural Africa, for example. And indeed, this is a role that uh, uh, NGOs, they are playing. However, we, we have an issue here to, do, uh, to, to talk about sustainability of these NGOs. So the problem is, what I've seen in my, my work, is that uh, there is a disjoint in terms of implementation of activities between the government and the NGOs. If there is, uh, in, in a situation or in a country, I don't know, in a region where these, uh, they, they work together very well, then you, you see good fruits. But if you see an NGO that it just comes in and maybe provides uh, water sources or I, I don't know what uh, other help, and then they leave without really involving the government who are always there, who, are, who have got, um, I mean, people, uh, personnel maybe in, in the whole country, and then they... Uh, if they don't get involved, then the sustainability of that uh, pro program or a project by NGO is not really very good because, uh, as I've said already, we're coming from the point of, say, water is free. So unless you, as an NGO, uh, if you want your work to be sustainable, it's very, very important to involve the government. At whatever level uh, uh, you involve the government, it is always important, whether at a national level, at a regional level, at a district level, it's very, very important because those uh, government officers will take over your role uh, or, or take over the project to sustain it uh, uh, further. Brighton, you worked at the Ministry of Water Development and Irrigation in Malawi for a couple of years. How important are governments in making a change when it comes to water policy? Um, governments are actually at the core, I would say so. So are they at the core of uh, making uh, policies? Uh, but is, this is a huge subject as well, uh, because government, indeed, by 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 its position, uh, by its authority, they are the ones who develop policies, uh, they promulgate it, and then make sure that uh, uh, it's used. But uh, having said that, that the government is 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 really there to you know to make policies. I have uh, at least two challenges, or rather two things to talk about. Number one is to have a policy which is evidence-based in other ways you have you cannot just make a policy in an office and then uh, and then that's it no you have to have evidence-based policies in fact these years uh, or i should say maybe this time we really uh, look at evidence-based policy environment and water they all require to say why are you making that policy does it is it supported by by science and all that that's another part but the other part that i actually have and which i've also been looking at is the implementation part of it because you see wolfgang you you, you can make nice policies not so you can have nice policies is is an ideal but to implement those policies is a huge gap in, in africa i should say that is a big challenge 
that is a big challenge where we have a policy but it's not implemented and 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 therefore why should you why should you develop a policy if you can't implement you know so so those are the biggest challenges that i have either making a policy that is evidence-based but also making a policy that you can implement so the government has a good uh, has got a huge role that they, they do in, in policy uh, uh, uh per se along these lines in your current occupation as a postdoctoral researcher and also as a lecturer at two universities. Is there any chance of trying to teach exactly this to students, the combination, uh, the responsibility, the spectrum of uh, broad challenges that you have mentioned already? Yes, I mean, it's, it's quite interesting. And I should say that in Mzizi University, I, 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 I get a chance as well to teach a particular course, which is very much related. We call it uh, water policy, ethics, and uh, um, yeah, I think an implementation, I think we, we call it like that. So we call it water policy and ethics and implementation. So this is a course that really tells students to say, look here, uh, the government is there to, to implement, I mean, to develop policies, but these policies, they need to be, you know, evidence-based. By evidence-based, in, in other ways, I mean that everyone should be involved in coming up with a policy. You know, the policy has to be, if it is developed, it has, they have to involve people, consultation and all that. And then all the way up to implementation. So I also teach how do you implement a policy, you know, in the context that that, that, that you are. So yes, I find uh, uh, most, many chances where I teach students as well as uh, my colleagues in terms of uh, water policy implementation as well as development. So there are there actually chances that they do that. And and very interestingly is because I I am ki uh, kind of like in between so i am uh, uh, part of me is, is is an engineering point of view and part of me is, is a management point of view so I, I i balance it very well on how you can actually even take the engineering part to make sure that uh, it informs the policy and this is why i'm saying the evidence-based uh, policy development thank you and if we look at your research uh what are you currently working on and what do you want to achieve with it all right so so what I'm working on is, is very interesting. It's, it's something that started, I should say, actually it now goes back to, to, to Stuttgart days. Uh, I remember then my, uh, my supervisor, Professor uh, uh, Karl Marx and uh, Vishprish, I'm sure <laughs> she's still there. So my research actually involved uh, uh, looking at um, uh, system dynamics modeling, so looking at uh, water allocation. And I was really fascinated by looking at water resources allocation. And uh, it, it, it was really a at that time, actually, I was doing with the International Water Management Institute, uh, but that has actually uh, kept me going because I realized, ah, so we have a problem, let's say, for example, in Africa in terms of water allocation, and this is a big challenge. And I think back then in 2011, I thought, like, that is a challenge then and we solve it. But as I said, like 11 years down the line, I'm still here looking at the water location. Why is because we still have a problem where we, we've got water somewhere and you don't have water somewhere. And then you have to look at water location. So what I'm, my current actually study now, um, uh, research with um, Stellenbosch University as well as Cranfield, uh, uh, I mean, I mean, not, not Cranfield, rather Mzuzi University, we're looking at water availability, catchment water availability. So we're looking at, uh, um, uh, number one is we're looking at in the future, how much water is going to be available, for example, in a particular catchment, we call it basin closure analysis. Uh, but the second thing, we're looking at water location. So at a farm level, so for example, if imagine if you've got a water, uh, water in a dam, and how can you allocate it uh, to, for example, 
example because we are targeting farmers and these are rural farmers they don't have big land but maybe we are targeting to say they can rear fish for example uh, in in a pond and then in a small field they can have an irrigation you know uh, they can do irrigation planting uh, 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 crops so ideally what i'm doing is how how do you how do you allocate water in in such kind of uh, situation so uh, we did a number of studies uh, but now i'm actually looking now at a bigger you know scale so i'm scaling up in terms of the catchment brighton i'm, I'm curious to to find out how do you find your research projects do they come to you or do you have to look for them <laughs> interesting uh, so uh, i think i should i should say i've been maybe one of the lucky ones <laughs> I, I, I search for them, and uh, I have to say this, uh, uh, Wolfgang, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's been an interesting journey because uh, in my undergraduate at, 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 at uh, University of Malawi, then now it's Luana, actually I got a scholarship. So uh, during my undergraduate, I got a scholarship to, uh, to, to study my undergraduate because uh, I think I was one of the best students. And then, yeah, and then I went to uh, to Cranfield, I mean, to, to, to Stuttgart. It was also a scholarship. In fact, I remember that time it, I had two scholarships, either to go to Germany and either to go to uh, to the UK. And then, yes, and then after that, then my uh, I, I also found a scholarship uh, at Commonwealth, which I, I applied I, I, on my own. And then I got a scholarship to, uh, to UK. And then... Just uh, two years later, I am here in uh, uh, in uh, uh, Stellenbosch. I also found uh, a postdoctoral fellowship. So, yeah. So I I, I look for them, but I, I'm I'm kind of like the lucky one, <laughs> if you say, <laughs> yeah. Brighton, before coming to Stuttgart, you have acquired a bachelor's degree at the University of Malawi, and subsequently worked at the Ministry of Water Development and Irrigation. How did you end up at the University of Stuttgart? We already heard you had a choice uh, and then you got a scholarship. Can you explore on that a little more? Great. Uh, so it's, it's been a very, very interesting journey for me. Um, in fact, I actually from the University of Malawi straight, I went uh, to work with Ilovo Sugar, uh, which is a, a private company, and it was more of uh, irrigation engineering, and I, I really liked it. But because I got a, uh, I got a job uh, uh, in Malawi, I mean, in the Malawi government as a water resources engineer, uh, Then uh, at that time I had two scholarships. So one in Germany was uh, to do water resources engineering and, man and management in Farim, uh, as you know. And uh, the other uh, 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 scholarship that I got was a Commonwealth scholarship that I was supposed to do uh, irrigation uh, at Cranfield University. So the choice for me, it was very interesting. Uh, much as I, I was presented two opportunities, but it was very interesting. I remember my uh, my mentors then uh, was uh, I think he's, he's still at the uh, at Luana at Ililongo University of Natural Resources. It's now called uh, Luana. Uh, Dr. Grivin Chipula and as well as uh, Dr. Patsan Kumambala, they were my lectures, and uh, they they really uh, um, advised me very well. They are still my advisors, and so they told me like, if you want to go, if you are employed as a water resources engineer, and you want to you know to go into water resources we know that you you like water resources then the best way is to go for uh um Uh, for current, I mean, for for Stuttgart University because there, you, it, it courses water resources engineering. 
uh, unlike if you want to go now just for irrigation then you can go to Cranfield uh, because it's, it's irrigation engineering but as I told you that I was fascinated about water and working with the uh, with the Ilovo and then working as a water sources engineer I found that uh, going to uh, to to Stuttgart would be would be the perfect would really be the perfect choice, and indeed I made that choice, and um, and I'm here today because of that choice. I actually sh should say I added. I mean I can add more because when I came actually to Stuttgart. It's when, because before going to Stuttgart, I knew about water, but then it was more limited into irrigation and all that. Much as I was doing, uh, uh, I was a water sources engineer in the government also. I think the, uh, there was so much, uh, you know, uh, there was a limitation in terms of knowledge and water. But when I came to Stuttgart, I realized that, wow, so actually I can have, actually I can expand this because uh, at Varim, I'm sure they're still doing that. Uh, you could actually be, uh, and uh, so there were three routes. So we, you were either uh, uh, selecting waters, uh, hydraulic engineering, uh, groundwater engineering, or sanitary engineering. And if you can look at that, that is amazing how Varim did it because in a way that it encompasses everything. Uh, so I was, I, I, was, I was very happy even coming to, to, to Stuttgart. I was like, wow, I've made a right choice. I've made a right choice. So the Warem program, the master's program, uh, an English-speaking program at our university here, made a huge difference and, and uh, helped you to understand the issue of water more. Are you still in touch with the international students uh, from that program? And are you still in touch with Warem? I should say I am. Uh, um, um, I, I, I use, in fact, I should say the, the, the current, I'm very sure she is, the current uh, director of Varim, I think was, uh, I think she's Annie Weiss. And she was actually, by the way, when I was actually doing my, uh, my, my master's, she was the, my German teacher. <laughs> so so it's, it's very interesting to see that uh, she was there. And in fact, when I left, I still had uh, communication uh, 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 Schneider, Dr. Schneider, because that time he was the uh, the director, and I've been in touch with uh, uh, with Stuttgart actually in several times, but also with colleagues that I was in class together. Some of them they're still in in, in Germany, and uh, yeah, so I've been in touch uh, with the uh, 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 with Varim, but not much as uh, uh, as I would have expected. But uh, yes, I've been in touch, and uh, they're uh, here. I mean, they're still shaping my my life in terms of water resources and. and and all that. Anna Weiss is the course director now of uh, Warem, so very active uh, in that field. And earlier you mentioned uh, Professor Wieprecht. Uh, she's actually the vice rector currently for diversity and internationalization at our university. So in a way, um, all roads lead to water and, uh, and vice versa, perhaps. What in your career so far has been the most challenging water project for you? Also, uh, I have had several uh, water projects, uh, I should say. And um, one of the, the, the challenging one, and I still have the passion much as I've moved from, uh, from, uh, from government to, uh, to, to academics. And, but this is what I'm still trying to, uh, to, to work with the government because now we have got National Water Resources Authority in Malawi. My biggest challenge, and this is very specific for Malawi, but also in, in Southern Africa, it is to do about data, data, you know, uh, to get uh, water resources data is a huge problem. 
uh, in not only in Malai but also in Southern Africa. I, I've been working here now with uh, with Stellan Bosch University and a colleague of mine who's um, who is also a postdoc, and we are talking about this uh, about data issues. So if some of the rivers, for example, that we have, they are not they are not gauged, they are not measured, and for you, I mean, to to make, for example, I am a system dynamics modeler. Uh, to 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 make all those modeling, you need that data. If you don't have data, and then you can't. And this has been a huge, huge challenge uh, that I've had. And I should say a specific prog a project that we had in back in Malawi when I was working in the government was the idea of trying to, you know, to get all the, uh, the water abstraction in Malawi perhaps to be uh, to be digitized so that we can have that data so if somebody says maybe Wolfgang says interested to you know to have a project in Malawi maybe want to uh, to invest in a hydropower if you go in a particular catchment we should just be able to say here is the data uh, here is how water f uh, f uh, flows this is how much we have in the river and all that but that has actually remained a huge problem and is still a problem until now. And what I'm actually doing now is we're trying to work with the National Water Resources Authority because at that time when I was in the, uh, in the government, we had developed kind of a, um, a system where you can actually, you know, put data there and then you can know to say in a particular catchment, this is how much water you have and this is not what you have. And this is a huge problem, I should say, uh, Wolfgang. It's one of the biggest problems that we have in water resources because even in groundwater, as we 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 abstract groundwater we don't know how much groundwater is down there you know we've not done you know huge comprehensive assessments so even in water resources in i mean even in surface water we have some data but we don't have the complete data that we can actually uh, for sure say okay fine this is this is how much water we have and therefore we can allocate so much and the, the problem is we do not have data so that has been really uh, a huge uh, challenge that i've had so far in in several projects that i've I've been having is to have data um, that is readily available and that somebody, a researcher, can work on it, but also investors they can come and 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 and, and make right decisions. Over the years, do you see a change in students and the public as far as the understanding of water management is concerned compared, say, to 10 years ago? Yeah, I mean, I, I see a huge change. I mean, I, I've seen a huge change in terms of knowledge about water. And um, I mean, you can attest for it now that uh, in, in our uh, secondary schools, in our primary schools, so, so there are more lessons to do with water resources. Uh, there are more practicals to do with water resources. Uh, a child to be able to know what, you know, what, what goes, uh, uh, goes, I mean, for example, into making sure that water is delivered at, at you at your house so there is a lot of uh, knowledge in terms of uh, uh, where do we get water or where water is and so that that knowledge is there and 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 by the way i should say covid 19 we can talk about it i mean covid 19 in a way actually has brought a huge awareness about the importance of water right i mean it is a disease that was was totally different but it meant, but when everyone said okay if you wash your hands and then you're going to do so everyone now is aware about water and in fact if you say can you please preserve water can you manage water very well they basically know to say water is very important now i mean uh, at least because of covid-19 because everyone uh, knew about uh, the importance of water and looking ahead into the future a little bit under which circumstances can water management issues be solved in the future? What do you think has to change? 
All right. So I think looking ahead into the future, um, there are a number of things that we, we, we need to look at. Um, as I've said, the challenges uh, about water resources. So um, when, when I'm looking at the future, for me, indeed, is uh, investment has to be there. Uh, and number two, uh, the the, the, the appropriate i should now use the word appropriate policies that to be there but these policies with investment therefore they can be implemented but the other issue that i wanted to to, to talk about is the issue of stakeholder engagement rather in consultation so i also see a, a bit of disjoint here so you, you can have private sector i feel like private sector much as they're doing it but they're not doing much enough in terms of water resources i mean you can have you can have a uh, um uh, a company sponsoring let's say for example football <laughs> uh, which is nice i mean of course it's very very nice and uh, you can have a, a company sponsoring i don't know but you never have you know those huge leap you know a uh, 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 provision of resources in terms of water resources management and that and i think that also is because of perhaps i don't know maybe we've not really uh, marketed water uh, properly but otherwise we maybe we need to to engage private sector more so, you know, they can also uh, contribute. So the stakeholder uh, engagement consultation is key for me. Uh, the, pol the evidence policy is key for me. And also investment is very key for me. Looking forward, if we want to make uh, huge leaps in terms of water resources management and development. Your current research at Stellenbosch University is coming to an end soon. Brighton, what is up for you next in, uh, in your professional work? Well, I mean, it's it's very interesting. Uh, I have left all my cards open. Obviously, I'm going back to uh, to um, Zuzi University as as my university, and I I, I love uh, lecturing there. And I'm very sure I'm going to join back the university. Um, but I think I, I, I've I've also tried to you know my stay in 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 Stellenbosch University has also prepared me to 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 come up with a number of networking uh, uh, collaboration with different researchers. And going back to, to, to Mzuzi University, uh, I, I might actually even pick a, a research project with the, with the University of Pretoria, but which uh, I think I'm going to work while I'm, I'm in Malawi. So there are a number of activities that I'm going, but obviously I'm going back to, to Mzuzi University, but with a number of uh, uh, projects that I've actually uh, tried to initiate while I was here. So, yeah. Brighton, the final part of our conversation is what we have called Moment 7. We have collected seven questions that we would like to ask you. Please answer them as shortly as possible. Moment 1. Spätzle or Maultaschen? Maultaschen. Moment two. One thing you could change about the world. Do something. Moment three. Do you have a book recommendation for us? Yes, I have. And the book is, uh, I like it. They call it uh, the Ninja uh, Productivity, How to Be a Productivity Ninja by Graham Alcott. Moment four. The best advice you have ever received. You can do it and be yourself. You can do it. Moment five. 
your favorite place on campus at the University of Stuttgart? Oh, that's Almandring 3. Moment 6. Please complete the following sentence. If I could start all over again, I would do the following differently. I would, um, yeah, talk differently, perhaps. And moment seven. Complete, please, the following sentence. The best thing about Stuttgart is... The international community. Brighton, thank you so much for having been with us today. We are very much looking forward to staying in touch and wish you the best of luck with whatever you do. Thank you so much, uh, Wolfgang, and I, uh, it was a pleasure having me here and uh, to all the audience uh, out there, and it's, it's been uh, great. And I always cherish my moments with uh, uh, Stuttgart University, and I've said this more and more again. If I would choose again, I would choose uh, Stuttgart University. Thank you. Thank you also to our podcast team and, of course, to our audience. Thank you for listening today. Please feel free to subscribe to our podcast and also to rate it. Most of all, stay tuned for our conversations that are always based on what is made in science.